from the Paddock Passion team. Welcome to the Paddock Pod. Hello and welcome back to Paddock Passion Podcast. I am your host Alice, uh, taking over from Amy this week while she had a well-deserved rest. I am here with Ellie, Kelsey and our producer AJ. Today we are talking about uh, Formula E. Uh, It's car launch season so we are going to be discussing a few of our favourite car launches. Um, Also our dream Grand Prix destination and of course our segment AJ's F1 fact of the week. So hello everyone, how are we all? Hi, yes, good, thank you, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Did anyone watch the Formula E this weekend? I did this weekend, I actually did, and I really enjoyed it. Good, yeah, I thought it was a really good weekend, and I was actually saying uh, while I was watching it that I really liked how like qualifying was on around lunchtime and then the race was on around dinner time so it was really working with like my eating schedule that I could have like lunch and dinner <laughs> watching the race it was a great <laughs> weekend <laughs> yeah, exactly qualifying saved me from a really boring lecture I will say that oh did <laughs> well, on, on Friday yeah yeah I didn't manage to catch it Friday um but yeah after work on Friday we uh myself and AJ both watched the race together um and was really good um the it was quite a tight track I think um so quite a bit of action especially on like the first couple of corners and everyone kind of (laughs) dominoing into each other um but yeah really good race um AJ you're kind of our expert on Formula E so any comments from you? Yeah, uh, I thought it was uh, a really good uh, weekend of racing from the Deria Impre- Epre. A lot of action, uh, a lot of sort of overtakes, aggression on the track. Um, very tactical, I thought, in some of the races, how drivers were taking, you know, their overtakes, energy, attack modes and that. And in the end, we saw two, in the two races, the same winner in the races, Pascal Verline. Yeah, he did a great job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he did a great job, but also Jake Hughes uh starting on pole position. Um yeah. that was really exciting to see. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, first pole for McLaren and also got the first podium as well. The same E pre actually with two different drive with the two different drivers, Renny Rass getting the podium. So um I think it started to look like uh, the pecking order is forming. And it's looking like it's going to be pretty much between Verline and Jake Dennis for the title. And then McLaren ringing up the rear. And maybe a bit of Jaguar as well. So, Yeah, Jake Dennis is a really cool driver. We saw him win uh, in London last year. And yeah, just the whole like home crowd cheering him on was like an incredible atmosphere to experience. So really excited to see what else he does this year. Yeah, I agree. I think. He did a really good job this weekend, but, but well, both Verline and Dennis, because in the first race, in the first race of the weekend, they didn't make it in the duels. So they were like way back in like ninth and 11th. And yet in the race, they climbed their way up into first and second. Pretty much ease. They were like arguably the fastest, the fastest drivers on the track. And yet they, they were one of the slowest cars in qualifying. It's just that. Uh, Really weird, but it's just curious to see how this develops 
uh, over the course of the season. And I guess they're getting the points where it counts in the race itself. So that's where it all matters, isn't it? Yeah, exactly that. They're getting all the points in the races. In, quali- in the qualifying, it's um, only the post it gets points. For Jake Dennis, for Sebastian Buemi, they'll get some extra points from that. But uh, of course, the race is where the points matter the most. And at the moment, they've just taken <laughs> the first few races. They've either they've finished first or second. So be really curious on how that how that goes with the next race in in India for the first time. Formula E goes there uh, for yeah. round four. Yeah, super excited to see a race in India. It's been a while since um, motorsport has la- well a series like Formula E has come to India. Um, F1 used to go there between. 2011 and 2013 and then it just dropped off and then nothing's ever come back since but now this year we're getting Formula E and MotoGP all in the same year I guess then might we might we see the return of the Indian Grand Prix who knows that would be exciting and that nicely leads me on to another topic that we were going to discuss today um where our dream Grand Prix destinations are So, yeah, really excited to see um, a race again in India. Um, But for myself personally, I would love to see um, a race in New Zealand. Um, I've I've got a bit obsessed with Australia and New Zealand and that kind of part of the world (laughs) recently. Um, And, yeah, just like looking at different holidays there. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, really, I'd love to see another... Um, race in that kind of area of the world especially for the Australian fans who I think may get hit the hardest with all the different time zones um, so yeah they're definitely the top of my list uh, what about yourself Ellie? Well yeah I was going to agree actually and say that I've seen um, a lot of people suggesting like a double header at the beginning of the season like Australia and New Zealand which I think would be be amazing yeah, I think like it would be nice to see a race. Obviously, logistically, there's things to factors in, but in the Caribbean, somewhere like Cuba, I think they might have had um, a few maybe races back in the 50s and 1950s. But um, it would be nice to see it in Cuba with all like kind of the culture and the colourful buildings and stuff there. And then also one I've seen quite a lot online is actually Finland. Um, I don't think they've ever had an official race there and obviously we've had like three previous world champions Um, it'd be nice like imagine seeing Valtteri Bossas drive a track in Finland I think that would just be such a sight and yeah so I think I'd go for Cuba, Finland and I'd agree with you on New Zealand as well. Yeah I think Cuba and Finland would be like so cool. What about yourself Kelsey? I feel like there's so many options like anywhere new is would just be really cool. But I feel like maybe just street circuits, like anywhere. I mean, obviously, logistically, probably not doable, but like Paris, Rome, I don't know, just places like that would just be quite cool to see. But Cuba sounds amazing. Yeah, I was actually saying this because Formula E does a lot of cities. Um, I guess F1 probably has different kind of levels and standards that they might have to apply to and I guess the tracks and all that kind of stuff that the FIA has to (laughs) deal with in Formula One and everything but um, yeah maybe if Formula E gets like quite a lot of attention this year maybe we could see some more 
city kind of circuits like Singapore um that'd be really cool yeah I I sorry I'm gonna say I love a, I love a street circuit um obviously had they had the Formula E in London um imagine having a F1 street circuit in London I just think there'd be nothing like it I know there's just like it, it would be nearly impossible to do um but I, I literally like if they did that they would have like a record fan attendance if they ever did it here yeah it would be insane I'd love it to have it in London I mean I don't know if you were there but it, back in 2017 they had a London demonstration a London demonstration with F1 and like all the drivers were there this was ahead of British Grand Prix and there was this F1 live outside Trafalgar Square they had a big little racetrack around like streets of London it was so cool it was so cool and I think it sort of helped the push to have a Grand Prix in London but like Ellie said I think if we ever have a race in London you know close off in the streets it's uh <laughs> gonna be chaotic um let's say so but I think it would be so cool it would be so cool to have a race around um around London so where that do you would... know where they did the demonstration in London yeah they did it outside um Trafalgar Square oh wow <laughs> yeah Trafalgar Square and then the road up leads um oh, God, I, I want to say I don't know what the road is but it sort of like leads leads up to Trafalgar Square and then sort of loops back around so I mean, my London I, I even though I live in London my, my, my knowledge is not not great I, I, I need a map I need a map um they took up the whole Trafalgar Square so they took up like the fountain area the entrance to the museum they had like cars that were placed on display you got they had the drivers in like the balconies you could like go around and do like different activities there's a main stage outside Trafalgar Square where I think there's like Bastille, Little Mix were playing, the drivers would go on there and sort of like cheer, like have interviews and that. It was just, it was such a cool one-off experience and it's a shame that we can't, that hasn't happened close to that uh, again in F1. I thought it was like one of the coolest things um, when Liberty Media took over that they did. Yeah, what have people been saying online what their favorite um or dream grand prix destinations would be yeah um let's go down the list so one of them said new zealand uh going with yours um alice uh, another one has said they want to bring brands hatch back so that's all the way in kent so that's a different one one said london the other one said they would like to see a race in hong kong which is uh Ooh, that's an that interesting one cool. that would be cool they do a race in macau which i think it's it's close to that region so Hong Kong race would be cool uh Germany um obviously it's not on the calendar there would, would be cool to see that back uh someone's listed uh, a load of old racing tracks such as Brands Hatch, Nürburgring, Bathurst in Australia that would be really cool to do the um to do Bathurst, Portimao in Portugal, uh Laguna Sega in California and a really obscure one here um Antarctica I don't know how that would be possible, but um, yeah, imagine racing with um, with the penguins. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know what tyres they would need for that because uh, it'd be pretty that, cold, wouldn't it? That's some um, pretty extreme conditions. Yeah, I don't mm. know how well an F1 car would do on the snow. Oh, I think it'd be too. I think it would just be too cold to even operate an F1 car. You know. <laughs> yeah. But but you know, cover all cold. Cover all continents you know yeah exactly 
Yeah. I mean, if we want to cover all continents, we should probably mention um, somewhere like South Africa, mm. uh, maybe like Nigeria, um, or even like Egypt would be cool. Like seeing an F1 race outside the pyramids like is probably projected <laughs> because it's like a wonder of the world, but it'd be pretty insane to see like an F1 track and then there's like just the pyramid or the Sphinx. Um, that'd be pretty insane. It'd be a pretty cool backdrop. I, I, Egypt would be cool. Um, Morocco would be a cool one as well. I think that's the closest to like a motor race on top of Africa um, we can get. Formula E's been there before. Formula One's been there before back in the 50s. So could be a suggestion, but I think the most popular one is South Africa. Yeah, all really cool suggestions. And we have a pretty exciting week ahead of us as the uh, livery and car launches start tomorrow with, well, tomorrow at time of recording, uh, with Haas. Um, So who are we excited to see, um, first of all? Um, And what um, has kind of been your favourite car launch ever? Like everyone from from Instagram, everyone is hotly anticipating Ferrari this year. Obviously, new management in place. And yeah, everyone's really excited for Ferrari this year. Yeah. Do you know what I'm excited to see, which is like totally random, but Alfa Romeo's um, testing car. So I don't know if you remember last year, but they had that really cool like camo. almost like ASOS package design. Um, it was like all black and white and it was super sick. And then today um, I saw on Instagram that they've got like a graffiti artist involved. And I'm assuming it's for testing and not for the launch, but if it's for like the actual livery, that's like even cooler. He's called Boogie um, and he's from Switzerland. And yeah, Alfa Romeo put a little Instagram photo up of him inspecting the car. And like from what I've zoomed in, it looks like we've got a few orange shades in there. Um, So yeah, excited to see that one. Um, But yeah, as I say, I assume that's more their like testing car um, and not the actual livery. But yeah. yeah, again, Alfa Romeo um, has released some new sponsorships. Um, so they're now Alfa Romeo, Romeo F1 Team Stake. And they've also got the sponsor of Kickstream into. Um, so you've got some new sponsorships on the grid, which is super cool to see. Um, so, yeah, kind of interested to see how the sponsors influence the uh, livery of Alfa Romeo. Um, so that's kind of my one to watch. Um, Kelsey, do you have any kind of ones to watch? Oh, I think, I don't know why I'm interested in seeing Aston Martin this year. I mean, I feel like every year it's one of those things you sit down and watch and then you're like, okay, it's kind of just the same car. Like, why am I so excited for this? But I don't know. I've got a, I've got a feeling about Aston Martin for some reason. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Who do we think is going to have like the newest look? I feel like, you know, there's always one in the year that really shocks everyone. Personally, I think, 
you know, Mercedes, I think, is going to look quite similar to last year. I think Aston Martin will be quite similar and McLaren as well. But yeah, what do we think is going to be the most kind of outrageous look? Oh, I'll go Tower. See, Alpha Tauri for me, I feel like they're just going to be the same because they're part of that Red Bull kind of family. True. Red Bull never really changes their uh, um, livery. So Alpha Tauri's not on there for me. Maybe also like Alpine or someone. But yeah, I, I have a feeling about um, Alpha Romeo. They are like my favourite team. I do love them. So maybe that's just why they're in my mind a bit more. Um, maybe also McLaren. Because um, I know they changed it up a bit last year. Um, so maybe they might do that again. Um, hopefully still sticking with the papaya. But um, you might see a bit more blue or a bit less blue. Um, or maybe even like Williams. They are also sometimes one to watch. I think um, Haas would be an interesting one to watch, obviously, tomorrow, um, mainly because they've got a new title sponsor. So I wonder, so I'd be interested to see how much of an influence they'll have on the livery. Will they be, you know, will they run the same different livery pattern as before, you know, white and red, or will they move into a more different direction? Maybe we'll see a little more more black or we've no well i've noticed in the uh a video that was released with hulkenberg and his seat fit that um there were blue and yellow lines running across uh on the walls of the of um in the factory so whether that's an indication that we could be seeing a massive color change it's uh it'd be interesting to see what the results are tomorrow but what when house uh release their livery tomorrow yeah and what have our favorite car launches been um across the year personally for me last year was my first year watching the car launches so i don't have too much um to compare it to so i feel like i'm gonna hand this over one um hand this one over to ellie and aj who probably had a few more years experience of <laughs> watching the car launches than I have my only experience have been um yeah the ones last year and they had all kinds of weird um dancers on them so <laughs> <laughs> yeah I um I think you know looking back as well they in the past they were a bit more of like an event they used to go to different locations all over the world now you know they tend to kind of be a bit more like low-key headquarters things like that um but yeah we actually did a video recently kind of looking at the most outrageous ones over history um obviously we have the iconic spice girls one with mclaren most people would recognize that um back in 1997 and one that actually came up a lot on instagram that people mentioned was mclaren 2007 um we had alonzo and lewis obviously new to the team um i think they were in valencia and they did this huge kind of street festival they had 250,000 fans there and I just yeah I love it when they do big kind of street ones and they let the fans get really close to it because I think you know we don't see that as much kind of now that yeah I, I think when you think of a car launch I think the top one that comes into people's head is what happens was the 2007 
McLaren launch. Um, of course, the iconic Vodafone McLaren Mercedes livery. It was the first launch with Lewis Hamilton in the team. Fernando Alonso was there as well. Um, I think it was pretty much, I think being in Spain, it was sort of homage and celebration of having Alonso there, two-time world champion that season, um, to bring him into bring him into McLaren. I think that, you know, you don't really see those sort of demonstrations as much um, in modern car launches. They're often more factory-based, presentation-heavy, um, not really sort of the fun side of it comes out anymore. Um, the one that I think sticks out for me uh, was a, another McLaren one back in 2011. And this was in, I think it was in the streets of like, in the UK somewhere, or I can't remember exactly where the location, but um, what McLaren did was they revealed their 2011 car whilst they were building it together. So it's kind of like you got like a box, like a, a, a set of Lego and you start building the, like an F1 car. It was pretty much like that. And it was a really sort of creative and unique F1 launch that I don't think anyone has ever dared trying to do it again but as, uh, that was a really interesting and fascinating launch and I remember the coverage on that back the, back in the day and uh, it was uh, no one's ever done something like that before so you know if the future car launches happen like that that'd be really cool yeah I'm not sure where, where it was it was um it was Lewis and Jensen I think and obviously having it in the UK as well there was so many fans that attended that one and yeah like you said having it kind of in the street like I love it when they do big reveals like that one of my favorites is actually um Benetton 1996 um they basically did it like a big statue they had the car like propped up and again they had the whole team there loads of fans and it was like just yeah really iconic like you said now they're a bit more presentation heavy we don't get as close to it like I would love them to have one in London that we could go to and kind of watch but yeah um mine are probably a bit more historic my favorite ones but yeah excited for this year to kind of see what people people do with it I've I've been involved in the car launch Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> it's the story time. Uh, <laughs> so uh, not long ago, I was working with a F1 team um, with their launch. Um, so planned out all like presentations, social, uh, sort of the marketing side of things. And yeah, it was, uh, it was a really interesting experience. Um, my, you know, a lot of planning went through it. I think it was like three months of like planning just to make sure everything is executed correctly, issued press releases, um, even, you know, even got the opportunity to press send on the tweet to officially reveal the car and the title sponsor at the time. And that was, I think that was, yeah, it was the most surreal, the most surreal days. Um, but before but before that even happened, um, the car got leaked. So, yeah, so that was um, not the most enjoyable experiences when I was scrolling through social media and then I just see a picture of what looks like our car and our colour scheme. I was like, that can't be right. And then I get told that, oh, that is our car. 
and that got leaked in the public. And yeah, that was <laughs> that was damage control was uh, yeah was not the most pleasant experience. But a bit of story time for you. Oh, amazing! I um I I've not been involved in a car launch, but I have a bit of a funny story at work. We I won't say who we were kind of working this year with one of the teams doing like a streaming thing for one of the car launches. But my um someone in my team doesn't really watch F one, and she told me the name of the team, and she said they are doing their car launch at F one arcade. And I freaked out. Like, I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to get to go to their car launch. This is amazing. Then looked into the details and stuff. And it's not it's not happening in London. It's not happening at the, the venue. But I did get super excited for a minute. I thought I could work my way in there. But, yeah, <laughs> it's been it's been interesting to kind of, as you said, like, be a part of it and see how much work goes into even coordinate, like coordinating, like, a watching of the event so much like work goes into it it's quite quite amazing really yeah uh, absolutely and I think around that time everything's so secretive especially when you're working with like teams on what the car looks like um I only found out what the car looked like looked like pretty much as soon as it was revealed so as soon as the covers broke out that was the first time I ever saw the car well car that was revealed and the livery as well and even at testing when the proper car was revealed that was the first time I ever saw that so um yeah it was uh, um, uh, an interesting interesting time it's very secretive around that time uh, with this whole car launch and that so um you 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 only get to see the car literally minutes before everyone else so that's all very cool. AJ, do you have a fact of the week for us? Oh, is it that time? It's that time. <laughs> all right, time to deliver the facts. Um, since it's Haas launched tomorrow, um, one of the drivers is making a comeback for like the fifth time in his career, Nico Hulkenberg. <laughs> um, uh, I've got a little nice little fact about him. Um, well, probably not for him, but it's a cool fact anyway. Um, Nico Hulkenberg holds the record for the most race starts in Formula One history without a podium finish. Really? He's yeah. never had a podium? Yeah, no, am I, never. Am I right in saying, is it 181? Or is something around? Yeah, it's around 180 mark. But Nico Hulkenberg this year, if he competes, um, I think... All the races this year is only two, three races away from breaking another record, which will be the most F1 races without a win. So, <laughs> double, double, a double whammy there. If uh, you know, if he doesn't score a podium this year, he might do. He might do. You know, you never know. You never know this year. But uh, yeah, on on in homage to Haas and Hulkenberg, um, that's a that's a little stat for you. I have another one if you want me to do another one. Go for it. All right. Um, the most attended F1 race in history with a record of 250,000, so about a quarter of a million, was the 2000 United States Grand Prix at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, so the home of the Indy 500. Um, it was the first race F1's ever been there, technically been there because... 
back in the 50s, it used to be the Indy 500 was part of F1 calendar. Um, but as its own standalone event, this was the first time Indies hosted an F1 race. And yeah, they managed to sell out a quarter of a million people. No one's broken that record ever since, not even in 2021 or 2022. And this was just Sunday alone. You know, quarter million people in one location. That's uh, it's quite a lot. That's crazy. I, I really thought it would be Silverstone, maybe like even last year or the year before. I know obviously F1 is so popular in the UK, but yeah, mm. interesting. Yeah, I think Silverstone holds the record for the most week, uh, most attendance over a weekend period. So I think there's like 400,000 or something like that. Yeah. Although, although right. I think it might be in America that that record broke um, from that year as well. But I think at Silverstone, you bet, at best you get less than like 200,000 on the Sunday. Whereas Indy, because it's such a big a big track and big place with staff, grandstands, like four tiers and everything, um, they managed to get like nearly a quarter of a million people. But I wouldn't be surprised in the future Silverstone exceeds that because a lot of people go at Silverstone. A lot, a lot of people. Interesting stuff. Thank you. Um, so if you want to uh, keep in touch uh, with Paddock Passion throughout the week, not just through these podcasts, then do follow our socials. We are on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and it's all just at Paddock Passion. Um, so please drop us a follow with whatever socials you use. Um, we will see you next week for more motorsport chats. Bye-bye. <laughs>